welcome to the Blunt and No Not Weed podcast. My name is Mutondwa. Um, so this week's podcast is going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm actually going to post a podcast that I recorded um, last year, in July last year. And I never really got around to posting it. I think it's because um, I was in a bit of a weird state and I wasn't really being consistent in terms of my podcast episodes. So I didn't want it to just be like, this is me dropping a random episode and then after that stop posting because after that episode I never posted again till <laughs> you know this year so I decided to post this episode and it's because it's a very very interesting topic which I'm planning on discussing either next week or the week after that and I want to talk about cultural appropriation within the music industry. And I just don't mean like black cultural appropriation, uh, because I mean, of course, a lot of music, uh, takes from black culture, but I want to talk about cultural appropriation as a whole in music because black culture is not the only culture that is being appropriated. And sometimes black artists are participants of appropriation themselves. And so I want to talk about that. Um, uh, specifically, I also want to focus on the K-pop industry. Most of you might not be familiar with the K-pop industry. Um, I do know a large part of my audience is from South Africa, but I do have audiences in Hungary. I do have audiences from America, from Australia, from China as well. So um, some of you might not be aware of K-pop. K-pop is Korean music. It's a form of music that's really exploded and become extremely popular. So in this podcast that I recorded last year, I was actually not sure what my topic was going to be. So I just switched on my phone and started talking and then it ended up becoming a K-pop podcast. And I talk about how I got into K-pop, what I like about K-pop, why I think it's, it's, it's so good. And also just my experience with music in general and how much I love music. So the reason I'm doing that is because I don't just gonna, I, I don't just go, ooh, I, I don't just want to go into like bashing K-pop <laughs> and not, and you guys don't understand the relationship I have with K-pop. And, and also when I do discuss cultural appropriation in K-pop and in general, it's not going to be a bash. It's going to be an honest conversation because that is something we need to talk about. Um, and it's something that rubs off people the wrong way, especially in the K-pop community. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. If, if, if you're going to be all worked up about it, then go read a couple books, go learn something somewhere and then educate yourself because it is happening. It is problematic. And I'm going to talk about why probably next week's episode, because that's why I'm posting this to give you guys a little introduction to how I relate to music and how I became a K-pop stan in a way. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. It is slightly different from uh, the content that I do, but again, unapologetic about it. It's part of the the experience is part of me in my entirety and, um, and, and the music that I love and the music that I engage with and why I love music. That's what I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm also going to post, my mom keeps messaging me. She's so sweet, but wow. Okay. So, <laughs> but what she's saying is not sweet at all. But anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm also going to post up, a. A, a second podcast episode right after this one. Maybe it might be an hour or two hours apart. And this episode is basically, uh, I call them weed puffs. It's very short uh, podcast episodes where 
I kind of let you into the processing of my mind um, and how I'm thinking about something. If something's on my mind, I like switch on my phone and I talk about it and try and reason and process it out. So I had a very interesting weed puff this past week and I wasn't sure if I was going to post it and I sat with it and I was like, okay, you know what? Fuck, just post it. So I went ahead and, and post and decided to post it. I haven't posted it yet, but I will be posting it together with this podcast. So enjoy, learn something. Uh, I might do a proper episode on K-pop, like where I talk about certain artists, certain songs, etc. I don't know. We'll see. But this is what it is for now. Please enjoy. And I will see you in the next podcast. Cheers. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. Wow. Hold on. One second. So today, firstly, it's been a while. It's been a real long time. Um, a lot's been happening in the world, right? Like the world seems like it's kind of falling apart a little bit, <laughs> which means I require something stronger. I think my last podcast that I recorded was probably back in like April or so. Uh, and it's now July and a lot of shit has gone down like so much stuff has gone but the world is literally crumbling into a thousand little pieces and we don't actually have a say like we're just all spectators we're just watching you're just like ah and then this happened and then this happened so it's quite a lot um, I'm so drinking something stronger than wine. I am drinking some brandy with cranberry juice and a shit ton of ice. Um, the ice is melted though. It's kind of gone because half the glass is already gone. Um, because I feel like, <laughs> you, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Like 2020 has this incredible ability to just drain every ounce of energy that you have managed to accumulate in your lifetime. If you are 24 and you've accumulated 24 years of lifetime energy, that shit is gone. Do you understand what I'm saying? That shit is gone. It's finished, yeah? And now you like you even in your reserves your reserves are finished you like trying to build new energy but it's almost impossible to build new energy in 2020 because things just come through and just cut the shit out of your energy and i feel like that's where i'm at right now um life is messy life is so messy and i'm just really 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 tired i've been trying to like put myself into like situations where I do better and I'm more productive as a human being but it's it's just not working it's really not like I'm productive for like two days and then that shit goes to hell it disappears into flames into furnaces of flames and it blows up and it's just like and then I'm in South Africa right now so it means that you know we're the fifth we're ranking fifth right now as of today we are ranking fifth in the world in terms of coronavirus cases and i knew this would happen like i had a feeling this would happen because my people don't listen we don't listen we don't we don't we don't listen and 
as such, it's happening. It's happening. The numbers are growing like to large numbers. I think a few, a week ago or two weeks ago, like we had like 12,000 cases in one day. That's insane. That's madness. That's actually insane. And that's, that's what happened. And you just realize that, you know what? This life is short. You're going to make the most of it. You're going to do whatever the fuck you need to do. And you're going to do whatever you need to get done. And it doesn't matter who it affects, who gives a shit, who doesn't give a shit. Like, to be honest, it really doesn't matter. If 2020 has taught me anything, it's perspective. I'm at a point now in my life where I'm just going after all the shit that I want. Unapologetically so, because I've realized that it really doesn't matter. A global pandemic can start and your life can fall apart and nothing returns back to normal. So you might as well just do it. Fuck Susan and what she thinks of you. Like, fuck Malabucheng and what she thinks. Like, just fuck these people. Like, just do what... I don't actually know Malabucheng. I don't actually know Malabucheng. I used to, but I don't know one now as of current, as of this moment. But anyway... Stop giving a shit about what other people think about you and what they will say. Because they will say something. Regardless, babe. Regardless. So just do what you need to do. If you want to apply for that scholarship, apply. By the way, (laughs) I got a scholarship. (laughs) This is just me like tooting my own horn for a second. In the midst of Corona and 2020 and all of its bullshit, I managed to get a scholarship to study a master's, an MBA. My dream has always been to study an MBA before I turn 30. I'm 27 right now. So I basically have two years to complete this MBA before I turn 30. Uh, and I've got a full ride scholarship to study at a university in Budapest. It's called Covenus University of Budapest. And that's exciting to me. That's that's because I'm always striving to achieve and to, to do more and I think even now I'm just at a point where I'm just like, you know what? You owe in you don't know you don't owe anybody anything. You owe yourself everything. And so deal with that first. Everybody else, <laughs> babe, catch me outside, yeah? <laughs> as bad babies as catch me outside. Cause I ain't doing actually you won't even catch me outside. I won't show up. You will be outside on your own. Holding your beef with yourself because I won't be there. And that's kind of the energy I'm at right now. But anyways, I'm drinking right now. I'm drinking Clip Drift Brandy. My friend Mpo, shout out to my friend Mpo. She is an incredible human being. We met (laughs) back in 2011, I think. Back in 2011, I was a first year university student in my second semester and came through this freaking yellow bone light skin girl with beautiful brown eyes, light brown eyes, glimmering as shit. And she's like, I'm Paul. And I'm like, I'm a Dada. That's my actual name. And then we just hit it off and we've been fire since then. How many years is that? Oh, it's actually, it felt to me, because the first semester of my university year, it felt like I was just trying to find my feet and trying to figure out what I am and who I am and 
I was, uh, I remember I had this goal. This is going to sound stupid, but I had this goal. I said, I need to make white friends because I am someone who's always looking to push myself out of my own boundaries. Like I want to connect with different people. Not to say I didn't have white friends before that, but I just wanted to, to like get to know South African white people because I knew European white people and they completely different from South African white people. That's a whole other podcast, but I needed to, to discover my own people different people, Kosa people, Zulu people. Like I had to discover that my growing up, my best friend was Indian, uh, Durban Indian. And that was an experience. And I learned so much from her culture and her people and how she grew up and her, her experiences. I was very determined to get a white friend that I could like learn from and grow from. Specifically, I wanted an Afrikaans white friend. I ended up getting one. Like, first day of school, I met this awesome girl called Esty. This Esty Rottenbush. I don't know where the hell she is, but she was dope as fuck. But then she met one of her other friends, and then they became friends, and then she kind of ditched me, and we kind of separated. And then, you know, so I was kind of wandering in my first year, first semester. And then comes this moment outside building 127. Is it 127? at NMMU University, now called NMU University in Port Elizabeth. And I was there and this beautiful, beautiful little yellow bone chick with glistening brown eyes. I meet her outside of a building. We start talking and it's like I'd known her my whole life. <laughs> you know, the people you meet and you like, I feel like I know you. Like I, I resonate with you. I resonate with your energy and I know you. And that's, it, it was instant. And she spoke a little bit of Venda. She was flexing her Venda skills. My Venda skills weren't that great. Like, I mean, I didn't grow up in Venda. I grew up in Joburg. But I know Venda. I understand Venda very fluently. Uh, my Venda is not fluent. <laughs> if I had to use the the Sephir scores levels, I would say I'm like B1, B2 in Venda, you know. Um, but she was flexing her Venda. And we started talking. Her name is Mpo. Beautiful, 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 beautiful human. Just so kind, so, so sweet, so human, you know, like, and I say human because we flawed. Like I, I learned from her in terms of accepting my flaws and my, my inadequacies as a human being, because I learned from her and just how gracefully she carries her flaws. Uh, I learned from her. So yeah, so anyway, she came through. Uh, today hooked me up with a bottle of freaking clip drift <laughs> because uh by the way if you don't know in south africa um there was an alcohol ban when lockdown started and then it came it disappeared when we moved to level three and then it came back again right like a week ago the president was like you bitches do not appreciate anything that i give you so this is the end Cut. done by the way, kut in, in Korean means the end. <laughs> so our president was like, kut, the end, done. You guys, are, you no more booze for you. And I was like, fuck, I didn't even stop. <laughs> I didn't stop. And she's like, no, my boyfriend has a side hustle. Anyway, I'm going to stop there because I don't want the government to come after my friend. But anyway, I ended up getting clip drift. And that's what I'm drinking right now because sometimes you need a little something stronger. Um, I switched on my phone today without really an an objective or I guess I would say a goal of as to what this podcast topic is going to be about. I'm probably going to name it after this conversation, but I just felt like I just wanted to speak 
I guess my heart and just speak where I'm at. Um, and whatever comes to mind is what I will cover in this podcast. Because that's life. Uh, I think 2020 has taught me that you can make as many plans as you want. You can write shit down. You can freaking, you know, put stickers on it and like, you know, bookmark that shit. And it doesn't even matter. Like, it really doesn't. It just, life happens. Life carries on. And I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm just like starting to understand that. Um... So yeah, you know, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Right now I'm watching a video of Pang Tan Sonyeondan, aka BTS, reacting to Mama Moo. So like for me, I'm I'm a huge K-pop stan. I would say that um I have certain fandoms that I'm I'm under. Um so I listen to a lot of K-pop music. Uh, I don't like I know so many artists in K-pop because I've I've really immersed myself into that culture and into that arena. But I'm I would call myself only exclusively to certain groups in which I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying, but I belong to certain fandoms, uh, even though I know so many artists. Uh the fandoms that I belong to <laughs> hold on. Chakama. That just means waiting Korean. Oh, hold on. Um, which fandoms do I belong to? Hey, <laughs> this is a random conversation, but you know what? Why not? Um, the thing is, let me start with this. I love music. I've loved music for a long time. Like, I used to listen to Thirty Seconds to Mars. Um, I used to listen to the. Their albums, this is War, A Beautiful Lie. I used to listen to it on loop, on repeat, in my ears, on my headphones, over and over. Like, Revolve, the song Revolve, I think it's on A Beautiful Lie, the album. It is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I remember looping that shit like it was a fucking broken record. And I would play it over and over again because it just... Music just has always resonated with my soul. Music challenges me. Sometimes I feel like so certain songs are speaking to my life in a specific moment. Certain lyrics are just... I listen to them and I'm like, that makes sense. I'll give an example just for context. So there's a, an artist called Lauren Diago. She's a, she's a Christian uh, artist. And I put Christian in inverted commas because I feel like we need to stop that ideology of what Christian music is and what it looks like. Because music can touch people in different ways and impact you in different ways. And I feel like even over the years as Christian music has evolved, we've seen like from, you know, CCM, uh, like Hillsong, Hillsong United, Hillsong Worship, um, elevation like we've seen music move jesus culture and it's just like but even at every point in time as that music evolved there's always been challenges along the way like this is not christian enough this is so circular this is i'm just like fuck you shut up this allows people to connect with their creator who are you who says a specific instrument needs to be played this way for it to be related to Jesus? I need you to take several seats. I need you to shut up and I need you to sit down because I'm just, I'm so sick of people trying to box 
the impacts and the 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 feeling that comes with music and so for me like lauren diago for example i love her lyrics she's got incredible lyrics she's a christian artist i'm currently i wouldn't call myself a christian i uh, i grew up in a christian household as you would have known if you listened to my previous podcasts but i wouldn't identify myself as a christian and for me when i listen to lauren diago i find her so relatable on a human level like so human like there was um i think it's from a song called um what is it called mm, i forgot what the song is called but there's a line where she says am i more than just the sum of every high and every low and for me when i heard that i was like i felt like that was my life i felt like i was just the product and the sum of every high and every low the roller coaster effect like hopefully in the end it all the balances out and the highs and the low match and it 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 it's a full life but i felt at some point that i was the product of every high and every low that i was a victim to every high and every low and i i felt like that's all i was and when i listened to that song it hit me and it resonated and i was just like no you are not the sum of every high and every low you are it's like you are more than the sum of every high and every low cuz she says am i more than just the sum of every high and every low and it's like you are you are the sum of every high and every low your entirety your experience is all of it and neither of it is bad or good it is what it is and i feel like her music taught me that and i appreciated she has another song uh i heard it on grace and that to me the first time um what is it called mm. but anyway in the song she says there is no distance that cannot be covered over and over there is no distance that cannot be covered over and over you're not defenseless i forgot what the song is called but it played on an episode of Grey's Anatomy and I heard it and I was just like lyrics <laughs> so a lot of people who know me are like you love lyrics you love music like music touches you it speaks to you it it resonates within your soul so how do you then go and listen to K-pop because if you listen to K-pop K-pop is it, it's an influence of it's Korean pop right it's an influence of popular music from every diaspora of every category that comes together but it's in the Korean language essentially and people are like how do you connect to that and for me it's like beyond the lyrics that i love because it speaks to my soul beyond that i love melodies i love instrumentals i love vocals i love me- i love creativity and for me i find all of that within k-pop and obviously with lyrics you can always go and look up what the lyrics mean and read up on it and for me i love research i love learning different cultures so that also stimulates that that inherent quality and character within me that is always looking to learn always searching for new and exciting things and so for me that's how k-pop connected within my life and so for me when i when people are like yeah but it's in korean and i was like 
do you stop yourself from watching movies because they are in a foreign language or do you read subtitles obviously there are people who don't read subtitles who are just like if it's not in a language that i understand i'm done and that's dumb <laughs> i'm gonna call you out because i think that's stupid because at the end of the day you're limiting yourself to what is possible and what is possible is so much more than a language you can i remember i think back in 2017 i watched a show called three percent and it was on netflix it was a portuguese show from brazil and it was one of the most brilliant shows i think i had ever watched it was mind-blowing it was social commentary it was speaking in terms of uh, inequality income inequality disparities um it was speaking it, it was such a dystopian perspective of what could happen excuse me i burped but it was so real that i forgot that it was in a foreign language and for me language has never been been a problem i loved growing up i used to watch bollywood movies um ashwarya rai was one of my favorite actresses priyanka chopra was one of my favorite actresses before she married joe jonas before she even moved to america i loved priyanka chopra rani mukherjee was one of my favorite actresses uh, ritra kroshan was one of my favorite actors you know um so growing up i never saw language as a barrier i speak right now i speak two languages i speak english and i speak Javenda, and then i also understand afrikaans as well and i'm learning korean so for me language has always just been an expression of your voice as you speak what you want to say and it allows you to say what you need to say but it's never a boundary and i feel like it's really sad when people start to box themselves um i've seen this happen a lot in america specifically where it's like we are nationalized like fuck the global we are we want to protect what's ours we want to be in our own little circle in our own little bubble and that's pathetic because what that does is that it keeps you ignorant it keeps you unknowledgeable it keeps you the laughing stock and i feel like that's kind of what has happened to america a lot of the world has realized that america is really ignorant as a, as a society i'm not saying everybody else in the world is less ignorant but i'm saying america right now is prevalently ignorant we can all see it and it's blatant and it's in our face and i think it's because a lot of the times especially with older generations there is that 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 desire to be within themselves and for me i find that ridiculous i love separate cultures and different cultures and that's how i ended up loving korean music now for me the first time i listened to korean music growing up i had a korean best friend actually uh, her name was tina hyang lee i later found out that hyang actually means brother in korean i didn't know at the time uh and actually lee which we spell in english l-e-e in Korean is the letter E, which is, I can't really, it's, it's like a circle and a line on the side of the, like it's a circle and a line together. But the line is on the right side of the circle and it's the sound for E. And so you don't actually pronounce it Li, for example, it's E. So it would be, for example, if I took her name growing up, my, my best friend, her name was uh, Tina Hyang Li. It would have been Tina Hyang E, right, without the L. And as I started learning Korean, that's 
that's what I realized. <laughs> but at the time, I didn't know. So that was my first introduction, essentially, to Korean language. She used to write in Korean all the time. And because I'm such an open-minded person, for me, it was just like, that's her language and that's how she writes. But I was never really curious. And I wish I had been a little more curious because then I would have started learning Korean a lot earlier <laughs> but I wasn't as curious and we eventually we drifted apart when we like moved to high school um but she was literally my first exposure to to Korean and Korean culture because we went to the same primary school and we were really really close friends she's come over to my house I go over to her house and then until we eventually grew apart as we turned into young adults so for me, when I that was my first exposure. And then in 2016, I found a group called EXO. I guess this is going to turn into a K-pop podcast for today. <laughs> I guess it's a, it's a K-pop podcast. But anyway, um, I found in 2016, I found this group called EXO. And uh, I remember watching the interviews. I don't remember what show it was, but I watched an interview of theirs. And obviously, I'm, I'm a professional at reading subtitles at this point because of the fact that, you know, I used to watch Bollywood movies when I was growing up. Um, so for me, it was like, it was easy. I was, it was natural. It wasn't anything weird. So I was watching them and I was like, oh, EXO. Um, I didn't really know much about them. I just knew that there were 12 members and six of them were Korean and six of them were Chinese or rather they were split into two groups Korean and Chinese but in the Chinese group they were actually Korean members or Korean people in the group but anyway I, I watched the videos watched the interviews and I fell in love with a member called Kai <laughs> I remember this distinctively I looked at him and I was like why do you look this good firstly he had a tan he was like very tanned um very good looking just a, he's not very charismatic I wouldn't call him a charismatic person but he's a very he draws you in he's got an energy about him he's got an aura about him he's not the loudest he's not the most in your face but he is he draws you in and i was like okay kai is a cute looking motherfucker <laughs> and that was back in 2016 and i was kind of like okay i listened to some of the music and that was it fast forward to 2018 i find a group called pangtan sonyandan bts and uh, that is where my life stopped. Um, it was kind of just like this. <sighs> they found me. At, actually, they found. I was going to say they found. I found them. We actually found each other at a time when I needed them. And it was just. Okay, maybe let me do this. Right now, it's 2020. I've been listening to K-pop since 2016, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So for about five years. Um, yeah, I had to count like that because I'm not very good with maths. <laughs> oh, I studied finance though in high school. I mean, in university. But anyway, I'm a star. Anyway, so as of now, it's 2020. I'm going to tell you which fandoms I'm part of and kind of how I got into these fandoms. And you'll kind of understand my my journey with with Korean music as a whole. Hmm. Hold on. So good. All right. So right now I am... I'm going to tell you the fandoms that I am a member of because obviously in Stan culture created by Eminem in the song Stan, 
he created a little name for fandoms, which is stan culture, right? We all are part of stan culture. I am part of the Beyonce Beehive. I'm part of the Rihanna Navy. I'm part of the Nicki Minaj Babies. So I'm a fan. Actually, really, with Nicki, I love Nicki, but I don't think I'm part of the fandom. Maybe I probably got the fandom wrong's name wrong. But anyway, whatever. I'm a fan of these individual artists, and I'm part of the fandom. Now, when it comes to Korean music with K-pop, these are the fandoms that I am part of. The first one is Mamamoo. I'm a Mumu. I'm a full-fledged Mumu. Hwasa, Mumbia, Rien, and Sola are like just the most incredibly talented human beings, women on the planet. In fact, I would argue that Mamamoo is one of the most talented K-pop groups, period, male or female. They've, their vocals are insane. Their stage presence is, is charismatic. It's engaging. It's talent. I stand talent. So as a result, I stand Mamamoo. My favorite member or my bias within Mamamoo, I would say, is Moonbyal. I just find her so cool, right? Moonbyal is cool. She is chilled, laid back. Her raps are insane. She writes her own raps. Yes, queen. I love that about her. She is... She's confident in her skin and she's unafraid to be herself. She's very androgynous in terms of her sexuality. So uh, even in the, the, the release that she had, I think about last year or early this year, she had a solo release and she danced like she dressed and danced like a freaking male idol would. And it was so beautiful to see because she's so diverse within her artistry and I appreciate that. And she swagged the fuck out. So I love Mama Moo. But, you know, obviously, if you love Mama Moo, you got to stand Hwasa because that bad bitch is a bad bitch. <laughs> she's a bad bitch. Sola's vocals are insane. Wins vocals are absolutely ridiculous. So I love, love, love Mama Moo. I hate the fact that Mama Moo is often the the um how do i put it is often the 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 characters of anti-fans and anti-stans i think it's unfortunate because it's almost like it's like a, a jealousy thing and i will call it out it's a jealousy thing because mama Moo is comes from a small they it, it they come from a small company it's not it's like when bts started with big hit big hit was nothing and i feel like mama Moo is the same i think they're under rainbow um and it's a small agency, but they're killing it because they're so talented. And yeah, so anyway, I'm a Mumu. I would say I'm a Blink. <laughs> now, when it comes to Blackpink, I listen to a lot of Blackpink music as if it's your last is one of my favorite songs. Do 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 is also one of my favorite songs as well. Kill Kill the Slab is also one of my favorite songs. Now with Mamamoo, obviously I I listen to all their songs like so many like like I listen to all their albums. So for me, it's it's a personality thing for Mamamoo and a music thing. But with Blackpink, it's different. I don't know the girls of Blackpink that well that well <laughs> that well. Ooh, accent. <laughs> I don't know the girls of Blackpink that well. But I love their music. So I know all four of them. Obviously, Jenny, Rose, um, Lisa, and Jisoo. I know all of them. But I don't know their characters. But I know their music. So I listen to their music a lot. With with Mama Mo, I know the girls' personalities. And I also listen to their music as well. Um, 
but I will call myself a blink just because I listen to their music. I'm also an agase. Now, <laughs> what's interesting with me being an agase is that I have been watching GOT7 now since 2017. I watched their videos, I fell in love with Jackson Wang, I fell in love with Park Jin Young, like, insanely. However, I had never listened to any of their music. So I fell in love with their personalities. Uh, Bam Bam's fucking hilarious. Bam Bam and Yu Kim are, like, fucking characters. Young Jay's voice is insane. Mark is just, like, a like just adorable and then you have jbm who is just a talented you know singer and writer so for me i fell in love with the boys personalities before i even listened to any of their music the only song i knew of got seven was hot carry and obviously if you know anything about k-pop hot carry is one of those songs you couldn't avoid like it was everywhere like if you were living under rock you wouldn't know about it so I knew Hot Carry, but that was the only God Seven song I knew until 2019 when I listened to Call Me By Name. Call Me By Name is when I started listening to actual God Seven's music. I had fallen in love with the boys' characters and personalities because God Seven does not give a shit. <laughs> God Seven doesn't care, bruh. Like, they do whatever the fuck they want. They are the most, arguably the most charismatic and the most down-to-earth k-pop idol group that i think i have seen um and they're so talented as well so for me and they're under jyp if you don't know jyp but anyway um i loved loved their personality so i became an agassi solely on their personalities and then since 2019 obviously the louis call me by name mm, not by the moon and i loved those songs so i started kind of listening to their music from then on as well so I'm an Agase as well. So I'm a Mumu, Black, I'm a Blink, and I'm an Agase. And then I am also an XOL. Now, <laughs> for me with XOL and BT with Army, Army and XOL, XO and BTS, it's a very unique um relationship because for me, I I love EXO and I love BTS the same, but differently. I'll start with EXO. EXO was my introduction into the K-pop world. I fell in love with Kai, Kim Jong-in, and I was just like, he's a stunning looking creature. He was like tanned and dark and beautiful and just a dance king, motherfucker, a dance king. And I fell in love with that. But later on, when I started listening to EXO's music, and fall in love with the personalities because my god those fucking boys have personalities for days if you've ever listened to pian pei can't speak you just like brah are you okay <laughs> I, i'm gonna use a barbado barbados accent are you okay <laughs> are you okay because he, he's just like not okay <laughs> he's crazy in the best way and i actually with exo i fell in love with their music like i love exo's music um the eve is one of my favorite k-pop song of all time like legit of all time if you've never listened to the song the eve by exo go listen to it it was actually written by henry lal who's another incredibly gifted talented human being uh but he wrote the song called black dress i think it's called black dress and then obviously they because he's part of sm or was part of sm they gave it to exo and then they changed it gave it a korean version 
but the eve is one of the best songs from exo that i've ever heard and the dance practice is insane as well because wow grindization yes i'm sexualizing korean men what the fuck why not anyway that happened so i love that song i love monster i love uh, artificial love i love uh, <sighs> coco bop coco bop firstly kim and sook in coco bop era kill that shit <laughs> he had like the black bob <sighs> firstly okay my bias in exo is kim and sook also known as shuman and then i love pian Kyan. like like i love shuman i love kim and sook but Pian Beikian is just the most funniest person you'll ever see in your life. He is hilarious. And then again, I love all of EXO at the same time. So EXO was my my first love. And then BTS became my love. Pang Tan Sonyandan, I would say they saved my life. Pang Tan Sonyandan saved my life. They found me at a time when my life was not making any sense um i was going through a quarter life crisis and i didn't know who i was i didn't know what i wanted i didn't know i just quit my job in corporate after studying for four years for a finance degree and i was just i was lost and they found me at a time when i needed them and so I always say, Bangtan Sonyanda and BTS saved my life. They opened me up to a whole new world, a whole new culture, a whole new way of expression. And they are my love. Um, in fact, loving Bangtan Sonyanda resulted in me finding all these other groups as well. Um, so, yeah. I love the boys, of course, <laughs> all seven. Um, and I love their music. I listen to so much of their music, their albums. My favorite Bangtan Suyandan album, arguably, is the most beautiful moments in life. And they do this thing where they do trilogies of albums in different stages. So they had the, uh, the boy in love, um, which is kind of like their school era and they had three albums and they had like kind of like their youth albums and there were three albums of that i think wings was also part of that and then they have their current collection which is the map of the soul and so for me like going through all these trilogies it's just kind of just an exploration of growth and because i found them during a quarter life crisis I was able to resonate with each and every single album and each and every single era because it was basically my story. And they taught me so much about, I mean, one of my favorite songs, it came out in the, no, what is it called? No Time for School? My brain's freezing right now, but there's a song, It's I think it's one of their um their early songs so it might have even been their debut song it's called no more dream and i listened to no more dream back in 2018 during one of my lowest points in life and i listened to the song and i read the lyrics and obviously sugar starts off the songs i want big house and big rings and big yeah you know minyungi coming through with all his rap godness um he started off the song and 
throughout the song is like, you're such a liar. Like, you're such a liar. What's your dream? Have you ever worked towards anything that you ever wanted? Really? Have you put your blood, sweat and tears, your pitam nunal in anything you've ever wanted to do? No? Never? Okay. Then stop lying. Stop. Stop fronting. You are lying to yourself. You're a liar. And Jungkook sings that part so well. Shimmy, shimmy, yeah. You're such a liar. And I'm just like, fuck, I'm a liar. And it, it pushed me, challenged me. It's like, you are a liar. You've never worked hard and put your blood, sweat, and tears into anything in your life. And here you are. You're like, oh, I'm so stuck. I can't move. I can't do anything. It's your fault. And I know, obviously, the intention wasn't to say it's your fault. But it was, for me, it was one of those moments where I realized I have the power. I can change. And that was one of my favorite songs ever. And, you know, they are unafraid to tackle. Mamamoo does the same thing. They're unafraid to tackle social challenges, social issues. They shine a light on what young people are currently going through. Millennials, Gen Zs going through. And I love that and I appreciate that about them. And for me that allowed me to connect with them and connect with their music and connect with their message and it opened the doors up to this incredible culture that I'm now completely completely uh, in love with and completely interested in learning about and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not that I'm I'm happy and blessed that I'm not a close-minded person because if you're close-minded you will lose out on opportunities to know more learn more and be more and that's pathetically sad because you have chosen it through ignorance um so yeah that is i guess what i ended up talking about today <laughs> and i'm talking about how much i love k-pop um but yeah that is what it is. Anyway, I'm going to end here for today. I'm going to keep it quite short. I don't know how long I've been going on for. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, I'm so glad that I'm back. I'm going to continue publishing more content as well. I hope everyone stays healthy, stays well. My next topics will probably be about some heavy shit going forward. I will be moving to Budapest in about a month and a half so my next podcast might be when i'm in budapest we'll see i don't know because fuck who knows anything in 2020 do you know anything do you know? i don't know anything <laughs> so it is what it is but anyway thank you for listening please subscribe to my subscribe fuck that that's not youtube i'm not on youtube actually am i i don't know but maybe I will be on YouTube. But for now, I am on Instagram for sure. And Facebook, please like our page. Our page on Facebook is on my page on Facebook. I need to stop saying our. It's my shit. My, my page on Facebook is Blunt and No Not Weed. As well as on Instagram, Blunt and No Not Weed Podcast. So, and also please like us and follow us on Spotify. And leave a comment and leave a rating as well. It goes a long way. And I appreciate it so much. And let me know how you've experienced different cultures, different experiences, different music, different movies, different entertainment. Like, how is it that you are broadening your worldview? How are you exploring your worldview? And that's it. Thank you so much for coming. Deuces. Bye.